0: Log Talk Radio. I'm getting very technological now. I actually brought some music on, so I'm very proud of myself. This is Hari Kulsa, tech, techno wiz today, and I am here once again talking about my mother's journey through hospice, assisted living in hospice. And the journey, if you've been listening, is filled with wonderful, wonderful minefields. And I've been home, as you might, I'm just going to remind everyone, my mother's in New Mexico, and I am in Seattle, and I go there at least once a month, and I stay as long as I need to each time, but at a week, generally, five to seven days. So I haven't been there. I, I The long I left, everything was basically in place, uh, stable for right now, but the last Many days I've been getting calls, oh, your mother's fallen. Oh, there's uh, the staff is talking about she needs to move downstairs to the nursing center. And if you recall, we went through this whole drama about how we weren't going to move downstairs, and the ombudsperson agreed that that was not the right thing to do, that since my mother was in hospice, why would you want to move her since her life is ending? And the facility could provide the same kind of care on her floor as well as on the floor below. So what the the one problem that began was the director of nursing uh, didn't, well, when the ombudsman person said she needs to be looked at, you know, she's checked on a little bit more. So the director of nursing put into effect that the staff has to see her during the day every 10 minutes. And I didn't have anything to do with that, but I said, okay, if that's what she wants to do. And that's the unfortunate part about this particular administrator is that she overdoes things. And so consequently, you know, 10 minutes, every 10 minutes was good for the first, you know, bit of time. But now it's, you know, beginning to drag out, and it is too much. So I've requested that we go down to 30 minutes because doesn't seem to be any reason. Well, I'm getting a little pushback, but now, you know, I'm just hearing it. I've asked my care manager to talk to her. You know, I can call her, but I have this team in place, and they're my liaisons, and and they know what I want, and and the and the administration knows that they're there for me, and that they should listen to what I you know what they say if I say it's okay, and I just know this is pushback because she really wants her downstairs, and she's going to do everything she can. Oh no, no, she's not safe. Well, let us remember the phrase, the wonderful, wonderful phrase that I want to remind everybody of that the uh, ombudsperson used in in regards to my mother was dignity with risk my mother yes sometimes she falls she's lately she's little she's more confused and she gets up she can't get up she can't bear weight hardly bear weight anymore And so she forgets that she can't do any of that, and she tries to get up, and then she slips down. She doesn't have any dramatic falls, and she doesn't do it very much because they're in there a lot, and somebody's there, and, you know, she might wake up in the middle of the night and have to go to the bathroom, and someone has to help her. They really don't like this because assisted living, I mean, it doesn't make any difference. They're doing it at the floor below. They're doing it upstairs. There isn't any reason, but it's this whole concept in assisted living which will be for another day that they're not really there, you know, assisted. I don't know what that word means, you know. I I'm what they don't really assist you. They provide food. You know, provide food and they'll help you with your medicines and a lot, you know, on and on and on. But I'll do that another day because today something that's really come up recently, I've been taught, you know, when you're in the situation, you talk to people about what's going on and you find out from other people what what they're going through, and one of the people that I have as a great support is my sister-in-law, who my mother-in-law is in a locked dementia assisted living dementia unit, which is the rage these days, and she's been doing really, really well. She's frail, but she can still she's still mobile. She, you know, her her she's very forgetful. You know, rewrites history, makes it up as we go along. Uh, but she's, she, you know, she's okay. As my as my sister-in-law says, she'll probably live another ten years. She's ninety-two, or I think ninety-three, and you know, she's she's just kick you know, plugging along. But anyway, the other night she was, uh, the staff found her on the floor. Who knows how she got there? She lay, she was lying there, and but she, they asked her, "Are you okay?" And she said, "Yeah, I'm fine," and. So because they they weren't sure what had happened, they decided, well, maybe we better call the direct. This is like about 7 o'clock at night. We better call the director of nursing. Now let me back up and say that my sister-in-law, who is an excellent, excellent caregiver for my mother-in-law in this situation, and she has not just a DNR but this other document called and, – and it's about it, – It's called uh, in New York MOST, which is medical options at the end of care. I don't know what the s and T. I I should have looked it up, and I apologize. But if you go on and put MOST in New York, and every state has it, it goes by a different name. But basically what it is, is it a specialized form that even does more, provides more information on exactly what you want at the end of life. There are five categories. The main one is when do you want to go to the ER? what what do you want to go to the er for anything do you want you know so it it's very specific and it's about feeding and it's about resuscitation it's just much more specific and you get the doctor to sign it and you put um you put it in on peak paper in the chart so it's right there it's right there and the dnr is also right there well they called the director of nursing and she said oh take her we don't know you know and it's really about liability for them. But there was no indication my mother-in-law was saying no, no, I don't want to go. I mean, she hates the ER. She's she doesn't want to go to the ER. I can tell you stories about how we've tried to go to the hospital when her blood pressure was really elevated, but she she wouldn't she didn't want to go, but they insisted on sending her anyway. Well, they had tried to reach my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law happened to be at her ballroom dancing and the ballroom dancing was an hour, and so really it was only about 30 minutes from when they'd been calling her, but they went ahead and did it. And they called my other sister-in-law, who was uh, the um, second health care proxy, and they sent her before they even got consent from her. So here we are. They made a decision against all the paperwork that was in the chart. If the director of nursing had taken an, uh, an oppor- the opportunity or had had looked at her chart, my mother-in-law's chart. She would have seen that no, she, there's no reason to send her because she was not bleeding, she was not unconscious, she was not dizzy, she had no signs. We don't even they don't even know if she hit her head. There was no bruising, there was nothing. Instead, they sent this woman to the ER who is petrified of ERs. They finally got a hold of my sister-in-law who had to go to the hospital and while my mother-in-law, and she walks into the hospital, they had already done a CAT scan. They had already gone, started their nonsense, the CAT scan, um, blood work, and they're about to, sh- to sh- catheterize her. And my sister-in-law said, whoa, stop. Well, we need a clean catch. No, 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 no. We're not doing any of this. And so, without permission, really, from anyone, they had just gone ahead because she had come uh, from the facility. So, I would think, well, maybe this was a rare event. But then the same day, I was talking to my friend, whose mother has ALS, is on event, uh, is really in the stages, you know, the last very final stages of her life, very clear about the DNR, and... Or something, they found her unresponsive, and what did they do? They sent her to the ER without consulting her. And the ER doctor, the ER doctor started yelling at me. I said, I didn't send her, and I wouldn't have sent her. So, so my point, and it's something that really came clear in my mind, and I've had to tell people when my mother has fallen and she's gotten like a skin tear, which she's gotten her whole life, well, Probably since she was about forty since they she was on a whole lot of prednisone for asthma, uh no, you are not sending her to the e r no, 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 because the bottom line is if they send her at night to the e r there is, she would they would you know how they would get my mother home in a taxi in a taxi if there was no one there, if I wasn't there or if one of my backup people weren't there. No, she would be alone. Can you imagine? She would be alone, and this is my greatest fear—that they. I mean, I already saw it when they tried to, when the institute, when the facility tried to uh, get between me and my mother, because she wanted to move her downstairs, and I didn't. And she, you know, called. Well, she, as you know, she called the wrong department. She called the um person. Um. That's for the patient, and, you know, if she had really wanted to, she should have called elder services, which had no grounds for anything. But, and it's not, my story is not unusual, but I knew that this was nonsense. So so my point is, is that you have to be really clear repeatedly. You can't accept, expect, even though, because they always say when you first, all my clients, when you first go into the 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 facilities always say, "Well, do you have a DNR?" Yes, and you sign the DNR, and you're like, "Talk about it," and they, and you're like, "Okay, we're good." Well, you're not good, because there could be somebody there who feels, "I have to make this decision. There's nobody here to make it but me. I can't reach the person. They, maybe they tried five minutes, you know, or twice. I haven't reached anyone, and so they make the decision. Sometimes it's based in religion." you know i'm i'm running into where people have wishes certain wishes and certain people don't believe those are the right wishes and their um wishes and they're imposing their personal beliefs which is really a sad situation but anyway what my sister-in-law has done which i advised her to do was you really need to get on top of this and she met the next day with the floor manager who said oops we made a big mistake And she's meeting with the executive director, director of nursing, the floor manager. And I said to her, bring somebody with you because there's three of them and one of you. And they're going to be throwing stuff at you and saying stuff. And you know what? At any time when you leave that room, you may think, well, this is what we agreed to. And they'll say, oh, no, we never agreed to that. And boy, do I sound like negative, but I have seen it. So I started with my own mother. You know, I saw it with, uh, oh, I asked you to move her downstairs, you know, a week ago. No, you never did. And guess what, honey? I document things. So so my point is you have to refresh the memory of the facility. DNR, let's repeat everybody. No resuscitation. The other thing I said is set parameters, even though you might have the specialized form of um, uh, filled out and in the chart, say to them: Unless my mother is this, this, and this, and you can, and and it's, it's an exact emergency, you can't do anything unless you call me, unless you reach me. And if you can't reach me in two to in, let, put put a time, three hours, you know, if it's not life threatening, or if it's and even if it's life threatening, I mean, they'll know if someone falls down is unconscious. Hey, call nine one one. You know, so there's this level there's I don't know what causes people to think they should make these decisions when they're not good decisions because these are tough decisions for us, so anyway, thanks for listening. I hope you learned something. I hope this not learned, but help today. you know, be smart, don't think that they' the facility is looking out for your loved one a hundred percent all right, talk to. You. Talk again.